Good morning, everyone. It's uh, great to be here after a number of years, four years. <laughs> and uh, usually we come when it's Awana, right? And uh, uh, that was before the pandemic. And so we'd be here with a guitar and a few things and jumping around a bit. But uh, today we have to be more serious. Uh, Christmas in Uruguay is uh, hot and uh, it's sort of beach time and all that. So uh, you can imagine it's a little bit different, but uh, we do enjoy this picturesque snow and this being beautiful, right? Don't answer that. <laughs> Canadians normally say we don't like this stuff. But uh, anyway, you know, in Uruguay, we always have uh, Christmas Eve is a night when you spend about four hours barbecuing a whole lamb or a whole piglet or something like that, you know. The family comes together and you, uh, you know, you have a good time talking around. And a while before midnight, you have the main part of the meal. And uh, midnight comes along, it's all outdoors. You have people with their loud music. The houses are close together. There are no front yards, we're right on the street. You know, our house ends here, there's a sidewalk of about a meter 20, and then seven meters of uh, road, the neighbor's sidewalk, and another house front. So that's the way we are, you know, and uh, so all windows open, music blaring here, there, everywhere, and uh, people are up for the night, okay? So when 12 o'clock comes along, you go out, you toast with your neighbors, give them a kiss, a hug, and all this. And uh, they go back in for, for dessert. Thanks. And uh, so uh, then at 1.30, we that uh, are in the church uh, get together, a lot of us, about 30, 40, uh, young people mainly, and younger people like ourselves too. And uh, so uh, an assortment of vehicles, and we go throughout the city. We have a, a membership list, so it's all in geographical order, so we can visit easily during the year. So we use that to go and visit the, the Christians and uh, sing at their doorstep. And uh, some people go to bed early, so we wake them up, of course. And uh, they just love that. <laughs> but anyway, they come to their windows and they give us some, uh, uh, some sweet bread, some Christmas uh, bread and uh, different things. They ask us for some specials that they like. And so we sing. We sing three or four songs and we move on. We, it's enough to get them awake and you leave them. <laughs> and uh, sometimes they're neighbors that are having their own parties and they invite us over and we sing for them. We sing the choruses from the, uh, the assembly and uh, the young people's group or whatever is fitting. We're not too great on Christmas carols. I really enjoyed these. But uh, anyway, that's sort of our, uh, our night and we go around and we've been up until six o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, the sun starts to come up, so you have to go and hide. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, uh, it's good. We call that serenading. And uh, so anyway, we get together the following day, and uh, 
play soccer and different things and do the same for for new year's so uh it's a little bit tiring but uh that sort of doesn't bother you when you're young eh? so uh, um i was thinking of of some verses uh in first timothy 1 15 it uh talks about about a faithful saying <clears throat> you know we're in a time of history probably every time of history has been the same but we are living it now of where we don't know what is truth how far is this truthful how much can we put our confidence in what is going on and many things like that and so it's in first timothy 1 15 a verse that comes to mind and uh, after a little talk of uh, in, of Jesus coming into the world at this time, I'll be showing you a video of uh, what we do in Uruguay, okay? So uh, those that think of getting to know the work in Uruguay, you'll get to that. And, <laughs> but I enjoy this part here that it says, 115, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. That's strong. First of all, you have a message. And that message, the angel sang to the shepherds, and uh, the shepherds were astounded, they were fearful, they were uh, later motivated to go and look for this child that was born. Yeah, I've seen some little children around here, and it's beautiful, yeah? And uh, uh, there's something tender about a child, uh, totally dependent. And just think of the eternal God Jesus, who didn't start his life at the first Christmas, he, he came into the world, yes, and took on human form, the form that he himself had designed, and came to be a little baby in the arms of Jesus, in the arms of Mary, I should say, and, you know, be carried around here and there, and... Uh, that's God. And, and the Bible says that in him is present physically all the fullness of God. Colossians 2.9, right? All the fullness of God was in Jesus. And just so that you remember, um, Jesus to his disciples, when he was in... Uh, praying with them uh, just before his crucifixion, uh, he is saying, Father, glorify me with you. I'll just read it so that you get it right. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. You remember that? So we have this wonderful Christmas time 
of Jesus coming into the world and we remembering that tenderness of God stretching out, reaching out, becoming part of our fallen humanity. Jesus had no sin because God came over Mary and she was conceived of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was without sin. The Bible also says, he who knew no sin. For us, he was made sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Right? 2 Corinthians 5. So Jesus lived a life knowing our pain, knowing what uh, it was to be tempted, even Satan saying, if you are the son of God, then change these stones into bread. Right? And three times he tried to entice him to act on his own and to even listen to that suggestion, what could have been a good idea. He was desperately hungry, but he wasn't going to obey his enemy, our enemy, your enemy. And when Jesus hung on a cross, because I always say, you know, eh, Christmas is beautiful, and we must enjoy it. And it has its tremendous biblical truths. It's not just a story. It's history. You know, before Christ, after Christ, year 2022. It's because Jesus cut the history of humanity in two. So you have a... Um, I was going to mention something to skip my mind. I put in a, a parenthesis there and, and pardon? It's tied with Easter, right? Thank you. <laughs> I bring my wife along all the time, you know. <laughs> right. So it's tied to Easter because it was on that cross uh, when we remember Jesus giving that perfect life as a substitute for our sinful life. He bore our sins, my sins. There was a, a lady in St. John, New Brunswick, just a couple weeks ago, that said she couldn't, uh, she wasn't a Christian. Uh, she'd been coming to church for four years. I calculated maybe she had heard 150 sermons. And 150 sermons, and she says, I'm not a Christian. Wow, where were you? But she had a problem. She was a sinner. Good job we're not, right? <laughs> Why do you laugh? Right. So I told her, I'm a sinner too. I'm a sinner too. We're all sinners and come short of the glory of God. I said, there's a difference. There are saved sinners and there are lost sinners. Saved sinners and lost sinners. We all start off being lost sinners. And then when we understand that 
Jesus, this baby that came at Christmas, but who gave his life, his blood to wash away our sins. A substitute that before the justice of God, he represents us. And we trust in him. Okay, Jesus is he who represents me. He intercedes for me. He took my place on the cross. The wages of sin is death. I didn't die. Jesus did. If I died, it would be for my own sins. And I die in hell. But Jesus loaded himself with all our sins. So, um, fortunately, this lady, something clicked. And it was the day the Holy Spirit had for her to understand, okay, nobody can become good so as to become a Christian. No, we go to God with the pieces. Many times lives are a mess. And other times lives are so good we think, oh, I don't need it. But you do need it because no one is saved by even fulfilling the law as we have it in the Old Testament. First of all, because you can't. And if you tried, you could be a pretty good person, maybe. But on the inside, you're just a sinner. And when we give our lives to God, his Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. And I have two here. We're born with one nature, which the Bible calls a sinful nature. And that will take us always away from God. We can become proud, we might be good, and we might be proud, proud of our goodness, and even do a lot of good to other people, but we're still doing it on our own steam. But when we accept Christ, it is the Holy Spirit who comes into our life. And it says, we are a new creature. We are born with the power of God unto salvation and to serve him to serve him and then it says that there's a fight right there's a fight because before i could lie my way out of something and i think <laughs> he believed me right and now the holy spirit is saying are you happy no no that was awful please forgive me forgive me i'm sorry for that I don't have to become saved again because Jesus has said, you know, we will never perish and nobody can take him out, take us out of his hand. We are safe forever. Right? So here we have a faithful saying, uh, worthy of all acceptance. That means everybody here can walk out this morning and say, I'm saved. Why? Because you're good suddenly? No. Because Jesus is in your heart. Jesus is in your life. You have accepted him. Jesus Christ came into the world, this world that knows so many wars. Beside so many churches, you see just rows and rows and rows of names, people that are dead. This world is a cemetery. This world has known cruelty. 
and even up to today. And Jesus came into this world to save sinners. It says, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus, during his life, it's so, so important to read the Gospels and see how Jesus moved about and had an appointment with different people, you know, and touched their lives. And those people were changed people, right? So Jesus came into the world. Christ Jesus. Christ is Messiah. It's the anointed one. Jesus, because he shall save, he shall save the sinner from his sins, right? And now it says at the end here, Jesus came to save sinners, of whom? Now you have to read this for yourself. I'm not going to read it. Huh? I am chief. I am chief sinner. Right. So in the role that you're seated in, you might be the chief sinner. Or maybe in all the chairs and standing here at the pulpit, we are all to see ourselves as chief sinners. We all like to be number one, right? If we're playing soccer or something like that. We like to be number one. But as sinners, that's bad. We see ourselves no longer comparing ourselves to our neighbor, to whoever we might say, that poor guy, you know, I'm glad I'm not like him. No, I am comparing myself with the holiness of God. The holiness of God. I am the chief sinner. You know, remember the two men that went up to the temple to pray, and one was, you know, God. And, and of course, he says it in a public place so everybody can hear how much he thought of himself. But there in the corner, there was somebody else. And he was a publican, a known man that kind of bent the law in so many directions. And he says, be merciful to me, a sinner. Be merciful to me, a sinner. I'm a sinner. Nothing to give you. I'm ashamed. And that is where God works. That is where God puts his, his salvation. He covers your wound. He takes it away. When John saw Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He takes away our sin. And we don't have to be burdened for the rest of our lives thinking, what a sinner I am. No. Jesus took it away. Now we look forward to serving him out of love and compassion to others. Um, I'd like to say a lot more, but my time is out. You realize that, eh? I mean, everybody has to go and uh, <clears throat> have lunch at 12. But, uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so that's the invitation I want to leave with you today. And um, maybe we can just pray. And then we're going to be seeing this 
video that we have of Uruguay, where we live, where we serve with my wife during 44 years. And uh, I've been down there 54 years. I went down with my parents, first of all. And actually, my wife, Cecilia, is born in Uruguay, just around the corner from the church, right? Uh, that didn't make her a Christian for quite a while. It wasn't very effective. So anyway, she has her own testimony, which is powerful. Let's pray. Father, we thank you because your love is just uh, makes us awe at how you can uh, make such a big sacrifice through our Lord Jesus Christ coming into this world to save sinners, save rebellious ones like ourselves. He was rejected. He was wounded for our transgressions bruised for iniquities and so much more is said of how all our <clears throat> all our pain and and sin was loaded on jesus we thank you that he loves us today that he has transformed so many of us we thank you that we can just be joyful because you are in our lives and nothing is too difficult for you to change. So we thank you for this. We pray for whoever does not know you as Savior, that they might say, Father, thank you for loving me. I accept Jesus into my heart. I want to live for you and know you, walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have any questions at the end, please ask them, save them, and, uh, and we hope there is time.